Well, welcome to Unsigned 518. I am here with Mr. Everyday. Yes, sir. How's it going? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here, happy to be breathing, be alive. And, you know, uh, you know you, you're, I'm going to have to tell you, like, this is, you know, probably late 90s of the episodes anyway. I think this is probably going to be episode 96 okay. or 97. And you're the first person who's taken me up on the go ahead and get in a game of Miss Pac-Man. Right away. Immediately. (laughs) I immediately had to jump right on Miss Pac-Man. A lot of people see it and they're like, oh, that's cool. You know, Miss Pac-Man machine. And I'm like, go ahead, get in in a fucking game. And they're like, nah, I'm good. Oh, no, I was right on. I'd still be playing right now if we didn't, you know. (laughs) You would have to be like, yo, Ev, you got to, you kind of got to go right now. Wife's here. (laughs) Just one more game. Just one more game. Please. Be like, just keep it down. Keep it down. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so we're in the, uh, what we refer to as the dad. Den yeah, man, out awesome. here Love in the uh, country in Schuylerville, New York. But uh, it's, you know, my my garage, yeah. essentially. But we want to talk about, um, you know, we talked a little bit before we got rolling, kind of, you know, the, the points that we're going to hit, what you have going right. on um, currently, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I kind of want to, you know, like I said, I don't do any planning, so we're yeah. literally just getting to know each other. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I guess go back to, like, how you got into music you know you do a lot in music not only performing but you know you're on the radio you do a lot of a lot of promoting you do so much stuff so i guess when did when did that all start i mean you know like (laughs) yeah for sure like um for me like my roots i have very strong roots in the entertainment business um for one um my biological father adenola and my godfather gil scott heron started gil scott heron in the midnight band in 1970 Wait, your godfather is Gil yeah, Scott yeah, Heron? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I saw, that, I saw, that, I, saw that yeah. face. I was like, holy Yeah, I'm, shit. I'm Gil's godson. Yeah, I was, ra- I was raised by Gil. Wow. And, um, yep. And uh, for a number of years, lived with him. And at one point in time, I was one of the few people that actually had access to him when he became so obscure after going to Europe for 10 years and building a cult following there when he first came back. Because we're from Harlem, New York originally. And so uh, when he first came back, I, he tapped in with me. And like, even my dad couldn't get a hold of him. Like, you know, it was like, yeah, because well he, he's, you know, he, he had a lot of stuff going on with him, you know, with his life, uh, challenges and things like that. Especially from that era, a lot of entertainers kind of got, Ooh, su- right. it was a meat grinder back then yeah, for entertainers, yeah. you know. But when you talk about like a brilliant individual and a brilliant person, like from this man, you're talking about a man who has 20 albums. You're talking about a man who has, uh, I think, five books of poetry, three novels, like, and and he and he's got great novels. One called The Vulture. One called The N Word Factory. Nigger, excuse my French. Factory. And uh, but it's a powerful book about um going to historically black colleges back during that time when it was civil rights and all that other stuff. And then the and the and the Vulture is a murder mystery. So a lot of people don't know that side of him. That he was a consummate and he was an activist. You know, and a pianist, and a singer. You know what I mean? So and you know so poet singer and the first artist ever signed by Clive Davis to Arista Records. He <laughs> built that label on the back of my pops. Wow. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So, yeah, so that was a huge thing. And, and I'm on, like, I was part of their marketing. So when they rolled out, I think it was RCA Distribution or something like that. So when they rolled out, um, even even if you go to, like, uh, eBay or something like that, now there's a, me and, there's a picture of him and me and him. Me, I think I was, like, maybe two or three years old. And he's holding me as a child. And I had my first, I had my first drums then. I was wow. playing the drums at two and three. And um, and so it's a famous picture of him sitting on my lap, and it says "You and Me Management," and it's uh, it's like me and me and Gil, 
Like that's like I'll, I'll literally send you that photo. All right, but, yeah. um, but but it, it, like it's going on eBay for like fifty five bucks or something like that right now. Wow, yeah, it's crazy. But um, so yeah, so when you talk about like starting there as a as a starting point, I was around some of the greatest poets and musicians you could possibly imagine on tour with Stevie Wonder. Like as a kid, like like we had like um Tupac Shakur's family used to come and sit in our living room, like you know what I mean, and have meetings and discussions with my, with my father because they were like heavy. Because he, one of the things that Gil was he was an activist too. You know what I mean? So as well as my biological. So you know, they did all the sit downs on Washington and all that, you know, March on Washington and all that, all that stuff. Like they got a lot of stuff done by mobilizing and organizing, you know, in a way. And the music was a big part of it. So they were literally like a revolutionary music group right. thing, you know. And so that was powerful coming up in that. So I grew up breakdancing, singing, you know, just super cultured. You know what I mean? And then as I got older, I started to get into sports. And sports kind of took over as like the dominant thing for me because I was so talented in sports. I played, I played four sports. I was, in, I was playing four sports before I graduated from high school. So I started at a private school playing soccer and baseball, right? So I was in the eighth grade already starting on the varsity for baseball. First leadoff hitter and third base. And, and I wasn't even a freshman in high school yet. And I was on varsity. That's how like yeah. dialed in I was. Soccer was the same thing. I was defensive player of the year only because they didn't put me on offense where I would have probably been offensive player of the year. So they did that at the end of the year. So I transitioned from from that to like the school's small. They don't have a really great sports program. So I switched over to public school around my, I think, sophomore, junior year. And I made the transition to football without ever playing organized football. And by my senior year, I was getting getting Division One offers, like programs that were getting ready to jump to Division One. So I wound up going to University of Buffalo, which at that time was making the transition to Division One. So I wanted – but I also played uh, – uh, indoor and outdoor track as well. So I did indoor, outdoor track, football, baseball, and soccer. Damn. Yeah. So yeah. I was on the tennis team for like <laughs> for like two months, but wouldn't you know, my asthma prevented that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, the asthma. Like, I don't know. Looking at me, you could probably tell yeah, I'm not yeah. much of an. Nah, athlete. you're good. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> I, I'll still put you on the line. The oh, o right. line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I did o play line. I did play football one yeah. season, and uh, I was I was uh, I was not good. Mm. I was not good. No, nah, it's so. okay. So, but yeah, but to get back to the story, yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of was like, sports was like the thing for me, and I, but I was doing music as a hobby still. Like you know what I mean? Like it was just such a part of me. I had already break dance groups that I was a part of, rap groups that I was a part of. Back when we used to travel around and battle people, and this was about the time when, like, when I moved up to the five one eight. So at that point, um, I kind of like I think it was my senior year how I kind of transitioned back into music was um, I met this guy by the name of Chris Royce, really good friend of mine, he's an Italian kid. And he had a little business called MEM Enterprises for like marketing entrepreneur management, right? So this kid was like one of these like, uh, who's who's the, the guy from the Shark Tank? What's his name? The, the Dallas, Cu oh, Mark Cuban? Cuban. He's like yeah. a Cuban type guy, okay. Mark Cuban type of guy. Like just weld together, sharp dude. And we're talking about like, bro, I was 17 in college. Like I was, I hadn't even turned 18 yet and I was wow. already in college. I mean, because I was young, I was like a little prodigy, and um, and this guy puts me on to these to this his company, and he had these shirts with uh un like unity hands, like a black and a white hand shaking hands, and he also had like a world peace shirt, so all these positive stuff. So what I did was I helped him fundraise, and I went we went to every dorm room on Ellicott Complex in Buffalo because I went to UB. This is my freshman year, and we literally got sold these stickers, these unity stickers for a dollar, and raised thousands. Walking, just getting people to give wow. us a dollar, promoting unity as a All concept, right. right? So that led to the T-shirts, and then that led to, it was like this big festival that they have every year in Buffalo for the for the campus. And remember third base? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so I'm about to tell you a story about MC Search. So cause this all, all right. ties in everything. 
So, so, friend of uh, Chris was like, "Hey, listen, um, we got like third base coming to uh, to this festival, man." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I wrote a letter just in the event that we might meet them." So he's always forward thinking. So as fate would have it, we had a uh, a merch table set up, right? And there was like a big crowd of people, our merch table, and crowds of people, and then the stage. So they wind up um, parking by accident right in front of our merch table, right? So, so my boy comes running over to me like, yo, yo, you gotta give him, yo, you gotta give him, you gotta give him, like he goes, I just, I just met MC Search, I gave him a t-shirt, you know, a Unity shirt, whatever, here, give him the World Peace shirt, go over there, go over there. So I run over there and there's a picture of me holding him up, holding up the shirt at, to Search with the World Peace shirt and handing him the shirt, right? So boom, they go, they perform. Search winds up wearing our Unity shirt on stage wow. instead of the outfits that they had designed together. So they had short set, whatever. So he winds up wearing the shorts and everything, but with our shirt. So he's so after it's over, as fate once again will have it, we walk over to where like the like the where the like kind of like you can't get like the backstage more or less, right? But all the bouncers are football players. And one of my guys who's like a freshman who I like, like it wasn't even like I was dealing with a senior who might have been like, yo, bro, you can't come back here. It was my guy. So as soon as he sees me, he doesn't try to stop me. He, right. just, he just lets me walk right by. Because I didn't, I didn't get the memo that they used the whole football team as security for the situation. Not, you know, or, or some of the bigger guys. So they all let me come through. No one else can get through. I get through. Boom. So I'm backstage. We're taking pictures of search and everything like that. So Pete Nice comes up and goes, bro, like where, where, where can I get the shirt? Like the shirts are dope. So we're like, uh, you're over there. And it's like a sea of gauntlet of people. And we're like, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not walking through the gauntlet to because our merch table's on the other side of that right. to get this shirt. It's not going to happen. So I looked at him. I took the shirt right off my back, crispy shirt right off my back, and gave it to him. And he hugs me. He's like, yo, we ain't never going to forget you guys. We ain't never going to forget you guys. And then my boy hands him the letter, right? So fast forward. That had to be like towards the end of the semester. That might have been in May, right? So fast forward to June. All of a sudden, I get a call from Chris. Yo, bro, you'll never believe it. Yo, I just got a call from, um, uh, what was it? Oh, MC Search just called me from Def Jam. Or, or Lior Cohen or somebody. It was like, I think Lior was like the big guy at Def Jam back then. Like, we're talking about a, a mega mogul, Lior Cohen, yeah, yeah. right? So I think at that time, you know, they, you know, he's still coming up too. So I think, uh, oh, no, I, what it was is that they called and they said, Lior called to give a message to call back to the, to the office for Search, whatever. So we call him. And he's like, bro, I got offered $200 for your Unity shirts. We wore them out in Canada. And then somebody offered us $200. Yo, we want you guys to come down to the city, design a shirt for us, and go on tour with us. So we're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, I can't go back to school if I do. Oh. And at that point in time, I was academically ineligible because I spent my freshman year like basically, I don't even want to get into too much what I did my freshman year. Sure. But let's just say, like, I lived the life. I lived the life as a football player. As you know, I lived the life. I I I barely went to class. I wound up getting like I think the first semester when I was in school, like going to school because you know the first you're always good when when you're actually in your sport. It's when you have too much time on your hands. So the next semester, I went from like I think a B average or C plus to a D, D minus. Because I was in going to class. I was playing like Nintendo back then, <laughs> right. Tech Mobile or something. Part Tech two. Mobile. Yeah, remember Tech Mobile? Hell yeah. So we were I was I was like the Tech Mobile king. I beat everybody on campus. I'll never forget. Like the first time I lost, there was money on the line, people were pissed. I think I have Tech Mobile up on oh, that top do. shelf there. You do. You're the man. <laughs> um we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh so I wound up we wound up going down long story short, because I don't want to drag it out too long. So I, I get we get down there and search and so we came, we were coming to play a joke. 
we were coming like with this little bullshit ass. Can I curse? Yeah. This bullshit ass fucking shirt with like drawing on it, cartoon drawing. Because we thought we were gonna come and make this big joke and say, "Here's the shirt." Because we because we designed it over the phone. We came down and we we're gonna just give them this some bullshit, right? And just like start off with that, right? So we get in there and it tur- it turns from like fun and games once we get into it because he lived in Forest Hills then nice house in Forest, apartment in Forest Hills we get in there and it gets mad fucking serious like here's the deal you know we sh- you know he's like um he looks at he's like it's got to be this and this and that and if you can't make these changes and have this shit to me like within three days or whatever and you know because the tour starts in there it's a done deal so go back home and right so but it was like real sh- cut and dry real fucking short I was like fuck like like a hurricane came through bro <laughs> right. and so we get back in the car and we're all like shell shocked and shit and he goes yo imagine if we show him the shirt <laughs> 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 like show it to him right at the right, end right, after right, he after right. he unloads just be like hey what about this <laughs> so needless to say we made this dope ass third base you versus it, it said it said it's 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 not you versus me it's all about unity that's what it said on the back and it had the hands with the third base logos on it and keep in mind he had already did a deal with Winterland at that time, which was the main biggest company that Def Jam was working with, that did all the merch for everybody. He had just inked that deal. But then he's finding out like how much money you can make right. on your own. Right. So he's like, fuck, they gave us a $20,000 bullshit in advance. We don't control none of the sales. So what he did was, he was just like, we're going to do this shit. Fuck them. And we fucking went there and we gorillaed the shit. And we set up right next to Winter, the Winterland. The bullshit ones that he, we sold more than the bullshit that they made for him. They just had like the three with a bullet sign symbol on there and like eh, everybody was buying our shit yeah so um so so once we like i think we i don't know how much we made that first night a couple bands or something like that and they were hooked so we just kept reing up and going out on tour with them and so what wound up happening is i had to make a decision was i going to go back because i was academically ineligible at that time so they were like listen you can go come back to school you only need to you know take two courses you know you'll be eligible you can play or if you don't play now keep in mind i had already redshirted I was now be losing another year of eligibility. So you know you only get one redshirt year. I still would have had three years, which is still a lot of years. But looking at it from my perspective, it was just like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So little did I know I was never going back to that college again. And this was the beginning of my journey. So I wound up getting in New York, getting the connections from Search. I'm driving with him with Randall. We're going to meet. I'm not going to expose certain things, obviously, because I have to protect my guy who's now married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. And um, and I, I was driving his car. I was sleeping on his couch. Search, we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, Search was my guy. And I actually just recently flew out to Orlando where he just moved from uh, for, for this thing that he did. And I brought merch and we revisited. It was the 30-year of the Cactus album. And he was doing this whole big thing called um, Timeless Tuesdays. And he had me. He flew me down, put me in a hotel. And, nice. you know, guest of honor. Cause I mean I didn't I didn't know how much he how much love he had for me until I got down there and all his friends were like bro you're like a legend he talks about you guys all the time nice like what so that whole experience for him was so great you know what I mean so you know so that was the beginning of my journey because what happened was I started seeing the rap game like I was on tour of Public Enemy Tribe Called Quest I'm on these major fucking tours and I'm like yo what the fuck this is the life so that's when I had it in my mind that I was gonna be a professional hip hop artist. So my journey started, you know, as far as professional side of things around, I want to say 18, 19, 19 years old. And, um, and I was a part of like two uh, underground hip hop groups. And um, I, got, I did a Pepsi commercial. I, did a, I rapped on a Pepsi commercial. I was getting royalties for that for a long nice. time. And, um, and then I just started to evolve. I eventually got into the radio scene. 
um, when after, well, during the course of the radio scene, I had uh, a group called As You Are with the Z, uh, Z spelled A-Z-A-U-R, the R's backwards. And um, we wound up performing in Copenhagen, Denmark during this big festival called Subcult 96. And we were at this fucking festival as babies. We flew out on a fucking plane, right? Where to get our flight so cheap, we had to, it was three of us flying out, right? So we had to fly out separately. So I had to fly out one day. My partner had to fly out another day. Our hype man had to fly out another day in order for us to get and And we had to give up all our undercarriage space for this co- courier company because in order for us to get the price, they got to use our space. Right. So we were only able to use the carry-on luggage, whatever we could bring on the carry-on. So keep in mind, we're staying out there for like week, two weeks. You know what I mean? So we bring it. So I brought like the army duffel bag back when they let you put a lot of shit above there. So I stuffed all my shit in like a military duffel bag type thing. And we trooped out there. Only only my manager, who we made our manager for being able to book us. We're like, you're our manager now. You're our fucking manager. You got us in Denmark. On a, on. a We were filling in for Mob Deep. I think Prodigy had like sickle cell and he got sick. He's a you know, famous rap group, Mob Deep. And, yeah, yeah, of course. And so they couldn't make it. So Lord Finesse headlined, and we opened for Lord Finesse. And it was like, and the way they had it set up, where it was all week of graffiti artists, murals, all the big legendary graffiti artists, Rocksteady, Breakdance Crews, all that stuff was going on in workshops all week. So workshops and murals and all this cool shit week. And then on the weekends, Friday night was the locals' performances, and then Saturday night was the major celebrity performance. So we were on the Saturday night major le- le- celebrity performance bill as unsigned artists. So keep in mind, like I'm under Gil at this time. So we had a, like a little imprint because he had uh, his publishing company was called Bruhaha Music. So we came out with Bruha Records. So we were kind of like kind of functioning as his artists. You know what I mean? So we so we get out there. At least we were finessing it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because he would let us open up from like I opened up from plenty of times. But um, so we get there, and needless to say, we stole the fucking show. And there's this one famous story that I always tell about it, where we're out there. And we have this uh this song called Strange Brew, which is like our like almost like our finale song. It's a dope ass fucking record, and um kind of makes me want to re release it. You know what I mean? But uh so we performed it, and and on the chorus it says strange things keep happening to me. So that's him saying that my partner with this real deep voice he sounds like Goo. We got that real deep strong. And then my my part was come as you are, time to fulfill the prophecy. Strange things keep happening to me. Come as you are, time to fulfill the prophecy. So during this song. Where we done finale, we got, because we started off slow, like we had the jitters, we kind of fucked up the intro, our guy wasn't all the way in it, the way he should have been, but as the show got on, it started to increase and intensify, and we had this, all uh, this, oh, praises due to my music and my mic, yes, yes, yo, so we had everybody uh, actively engaged, so we get to Strange Brew, and during the chorus, I, I, we already had like these flyers made that showed like all the places all over, in different countries we had been. In places we had been. So I'm throwing out all these flyers out to the crowds and shit that we had made up. I didn't know I threw my passport out. Because <laughs> it was in my back of my pocket. The fuck. So I threw my passport out in the fucking crowd, bro. And and you you can understand how problematic that can be yeah. if you lose your passport. You gotta go to the gotta go to the embassy and all that shit. You know, you ain't getting the fuck out of there. You can wind up in jail, basically. Yeah. So um so I throw the passport out and World famous Bobito from Stretch and Bobito from the legendary uh, uh, Bobito from Rocksteady Breakdance Crew. Legendary. This guy's legend. He had a deal with Nike as a breakdancer. Like, we're talking about, he, he, he's de- like, he's the man. He, his DJ name was C- DJ Cucumber Slice when he transitioned. Like, he went from this being Bobito to AKA DJ Cucumber Slice just to be a fucking guy. He could only, he's the only one who could fucking get away with that. You know what I mean? And, um, but th- this guy knows everybody in the fucking game. So he's at our set. 
And keep in mind, we got everything working for us. There was a DJ battle out there. And the guy who won the world DJ championship battle because we didn't have an actual DJ winds up DJing for us for free. Just cause. Wow. Cause we were already vibing. We're VIP to everybody. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll DJ for you. So he comes in and we had our shit on a dub plate. I don't know if you remember dub plates. I don't. It's like where you it's almost like a one, it's like it's a it's a big, thick ass. Like there was no dats yet. There wasn't CDs yet. So a dub plate think it's a big, thick fucking vinyl that they put all your instrumentals on. And huh. it just runs like one continuous loop. It just runs. So it's called a dub plate, right? This is some old shit, bro. So even for us, we were, we were fossiling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Even for us, though, we I'm were like, fossiling even before it. Dads? It was like the cheapest <laughs> way. Yeah, even before dads. Like, I think we like were transitioning into dads then. You know what I mean? Right. And um, And so the dub plate is playing, right, with our instrumental shit. So Bobito's sitting over next to the DJ. So all of a sudden, like in the middle of the chorus, my guy's saying this part strange, things like that. He comes over like, yo, bro, yo, bro, you threw your passport out in the crowd. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, they gave it back to you, bro. They gave it back to you, bro. They, they fucking love you, bro. So Bobito's sitting there like telling me like, yo, these people got fucking love for you, bro. Somebody would have kept that shit as a souvenir, fucking near. You know what I mean? Yo, they gave us back. So I took the passport and right when my part comes where I'm supposed to say like, come as you are, time to fulfill the prophecy. It was the last line of that for the end of the song and I grab it and I go come as you are I point it out to the crowd holding up the passport and I'm screaming come as you are time to fulfill the prophecy the fucking crowd fucking loses it they fuck because they didn't realize they knew what happened they knew what happened and it was just bro when we got off yo I'm never walking over to Lord Finesse and Lord Finesse part of um digging in the crates Fat Joe and numerous uh DJs Collective and MCs are part of that Digging in the Crates crew. They're a legendary underground hip-hop crew based out of the Bronx. Sadat X. Like, that whole time period was like vintage hip-hop, golden era hip-hop. So Lord Finesse is like the callus of that crew, Digging in the Crates. Beat maker, rhyme singer himself. He comes over and grabs me, like elbow to elbow and starts rubbing his elbows to me. Like, you know, when elbows connect, he's like, rub, like, motherfucker, you motherfucker. <laughs> I got to wait a minute to get on the stage now behind you motherfuckers. Like, and then we just, bro, we get off the stage. We walk down a set of stairs and there's a gauntlet of Danish women that we got to walk through. I didn't, the, the first one I got to was six feet tall, 48 double D's or some crazy shit. I never made it past her, bro. Like, I got to the first one. They all mobbed us. I don't know how I made it out of there. I woke up in a, in, in a, in a, in a Danish woman's home the next morning. Nice. Right? <laughs> that is a good <laughs> Well, let's, uh, after that one, let's take a little break and let's listen to, uh, let's listen to a song. And I know, like, we're, we're later in the show, we're going to talk about, like, an upcoming single sure. that you got. But what do, we, what do you want to play for the folks? Well, uh, I right think, now? like, because I talked about the golden era. Um, like with me, I have two, uh, two brands. One is Mr. Everyday, uh, Mr. M-R space E-V-E-R-Y space D-A-Y, Mr. Everyday. And then I also have Mr. Everyday in the past life. And the past life is my crew, you know, the organization, my other artists that I work with because I also manage and produce other artists. And so I formulated Mr. Everyday in the past life as a hip hop, alt rock, neo soul band. So we do hip hop, alt rock, jazz, fuse, you know, rock fused into hip hop and raps. So there's this one song on my album called Plug Me In Volume One, which is currently on everything through uh, Past Life Entertainment is the label. Um, Sony is the distributor. Um, so I have this song called I Remember featuring Rhythmic Science, one of my artists, and it's an ode to hip hop. On old school hip hop, and I think it's super dope. So I think that would be a great way, it's a great vibe, being that we're just coming off speaking on the golden era. 
let's 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 play that. I remember. Right, cool. So let's listen to I remember, and then we'll be right back to talk some more with Mister Everyday. You know, hip hop ain't like what it used to be. I miss them old school days when hip hop was pure lyrics over dope beats. I wish I could take it back. Taking it back to the days, the hip hop craze. Backspin, DJs, graffiti was the wave. Fly jumpsuits and spitting rhymes all day. We did it for the love and nobody got paid. I'm taking it back to the days, the hip hop craze. Backspin, DJs, graffiti was the wave. Fly jumpsuits and spitting rhymes all day. We did it for the love and nobody got paid. I'm I was a back. baby in the old school when I learned my first truth. My cousins, they taught me the streets. He was an old school dude. During the time you lose your life for just grabbing a mic Your lyrics had to be original, your flow mad tight You get booed if your rhymes was whack, yeah it had to be fat Thick laces in my shoes was a style, with a kangle cap Couldn't fake like you was down, them real cats would expose you Even the females was dope and I ain't even gonna hold you We had the best break dance crew that ran the block Tiski Terminator, Dr. I got in a box I was the Terminator, you know, determined to be much straighter When DJs was ill on the fader, rest in peace, rock raider JSP, poetic justice, to as you are for the past life, I knew I'd be a star. I missed the mixtape era when we recorded our tapes. Before I tried, Quest taught us that the industry race. And now they vaping the ganja. Back then it was bong hits. Millie Rock took the place of back spins and dope kicks. Saving the best for last. Sometimes we skipped class. On the way to the arcade, you know we had to run fast. When the truant officer came, we'd be giving them fake names. Back in 86, it was for love and the fame. I'm going back to the days, the hip hop craze. Back spin, DJs, graffiti was the wave. Fly jumpsuits and spitting rhymes all day. We did it for the love. Shit, you wasn't on a block, popping and locking and plotting. On your next fresh dance, moving when you hit the dance. Who ladies got ass? Who rocking? Hey, your parachute pants move better than your man's. Who rollick in the girl jeans? Stop it. Let's bring it back to the days when waves came from caps and niggas trapped for ways. Out the trap in the days, now they trapped in the maze. A lot of these modern G's trapped for praise before the bubble gum popcorn clock is out of leg up. Pop was selling like niggas keep their head up. Pimp C was selling niggas keep their bread up. So that was I remember uh, from Mr. Everyday and the past life, and I'm here with Mr. Everyday. Uh, So I guess let's talk about, like, you know, obviously you have a ton of shit coming up. You have, you know, your own releases, you're promoting, you're on the radio, you're, like, really embedded in the 518 scene. And we, you know, we're talking off air that, like, you know, and obviously your, your stories with the Unity, you know, themed t-shirts and we were talking off air like that's a a big thing of what i do and that's a big thing of what you do is trying to bring kind of everybody together in the 518 um because we're all doing the same thing so like a lot of a lot of in the past it was like you know the rappers are here the punk guys are here the folk singers are here the jazz singers are here but 
in the five on eight, I feel like everybody kind of at least has the ability to network within different groups. Right. And that's unique. I think that's unique. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, do you, would you find that, I mean, because you've obviously, you know, been all over doing what you're doing. Like, I guess, I guess maybe, you know, not to give you like a, a pigeonholed question, but like, I guess, what's your take on like what's happening in the 518 now and your role in it? That's a good question. Um, So the 518, honestly, if you really look at it, is no different from being anywhere, anywhere in the world. You know, the the only difference is we're just a smaller pond as (laughs) as opposed to the ocean. Right. And you get everything here that you would get every everywhere else. People just don't don't see it for what it is. It's just a smaller sample size. And I think like when something is more concentrated, the flaws get magnified more because you don't have as many outlets. So you kind of just see what's not more than you see what is. So I think what what I find is that people are too busy focusing on what it's not instead of making it what it should be. So I'm part of that change. I'm part of that, like, don't ask what you could do for your country, what your country can do for you. Ask what you could do for your country. So what I consider myself as one of the top tastemakers in the 518 period, you know what I mean? Because I'm tapped in to so many different resources. So I kind of implore people like, yo, I'm here to be utilized. You guys are just not understanding, like, because of a lot of it is like, if you see someone getting ahead, you don't want them to get ahead. You don't applaud them. I come from the era where we applauded everybody at a show, even the guys that didn't do that well. And then yeah. we talked to them, like, try to help them get better. Sure. So it was like, you know, we right, we listened. When we went to an event, we listened to every artist at the event because there was something to be learned. Like, these guys might be trash, but they taught us something about showmanship. Where they taught us, oh, they, they taught us about presentation or look or things like that. So you watch different things to learn what to do and also what not to do. Right. People come to just support their own friend and that's it. And they don't realize that they're a part of the problem. If you come to a show and you leave as soon as your boys are done, you're part of the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking thank you. you know? <laughs> like, you're part of the problem. You, yeah. like, you're not supporting your culture. You're not supporting right? your organization. You're not supporting the event. You're not supporting the event that supported your man. And and just you know for I mean? the record, I don't mean that for my friends, like in particular, because my friends are very supportive oh, of, of local music, and yeah. and I find that they actually um, dig in as deep as I do with you know five one eight music. And sometimes they'll even be like, "Hey, have you heard of this band?" And I'll be like, "What the fuck? I haven't." You know, like right. So sorry, not to not to not to cut you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> no, you're good. So. So for me, like how I, you know, as far as the 518 scene is concerned, that was the reason why I started the Next Level Podcast series, because that was to basically, like I literally created a platform. Like that's one thing that people don't understand. Like I was on Hot 99 originally. I was, I was part of the promotions team. I was one of the first promoters. Actually, I was the first promoter for Hot 99. You know what I mean? I, 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 had, I used to drive the bubble wrap Lexus coupes and all that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and not only did I do Hot 99, but I did every station that Town Square Media had. I was their number one promotions guy. When they did Country Fest, once they realized like intellectually what I was capable of and also my communication skills, they literally had me be the meet and greet guy at Country Fest. <laughs> they loved me. They fucking <laughs> right. loved me at Country Fest. All those motherfuckers loved me. Everybody, all the country people, everything. I had a great time there. And they, and they, you know, they, they just kind of they knew. So they would send me out on all these missions to do all this PR and everything like that. But the one thing that I never did was I never became an on-air personality on Hot. And it was multiple reasons. One of the reasons was I had already started out uh, with being on college radio. 
WCDB 90.9 FM. And the difference was that I'm able to, to do what I need to do and what I want to do. And I'm able to have the type of guests that I want to have without all the political problems and uh, you got this person got to do this and they got to pay for this and they got to well, know how exactly that goes. Exactly why I do right. this you know, out of my so, garage. So for know? me, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like, I knew that I would better, I could better serve the community from this vantage point. Right. And so when I started at 90.9, it wasn't 24 hours yet, 24 hour radio. It was like, you do, you cut your show on and then when you're done, you cut your show off. Like you go off air, like you cut the station off. So technically it wouldn't be considered dead air. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas opposed to like, if you don't say anything at all, you can get fined yeah. for that. Yeah. So we have to cut it off. And you'd have to make this little disclaimer announcement, WC, off the air, off the air. you're going yeah. off the air, right? So I literally started from the zero listeners to 2014 being voted by Metroland, the number one produced radio show in the 518. Ah, uh, Metroland, RIP. Yeah, rest in peace, Metroland. We miss you. We really do. But um, but yeah, they voted my, my show the best radio show in the 518 wow. in 2014. Yeah. So I built that platform from nothing, and then I was doing just Golden Era originally, but I would speak on current topics. Then eventually, like people approached me, younger guys, like, yo, you, you don't play no new stuff? You don't play no new stuff? So then I created the next level r- segment, which was uh, from 8 to 9, the golden era and then from nine to ten the next level so i transitioned so it's like two radio shows within a two-hour block right and then now i have block giants run on cut which is like all hardcore street core mcs on saturday nights 10 to midnight where i'm actually allowed to play curses so i created all these lanes so i got something for the old school cats i got something for the next level cats and i got something for 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 the gangster rap because a lot of people because my thursday night which is when my show my main show airs is more conscious. So even the artists that I play for the next level, the songs are like maybe not their lead single per se, but something that fits in the theme of where of uplifting the culture, right? So that then spawned the next level podcast, which is totally separate from everything else that I'm telling you about. Although the way it's set up is it's still shot at the radio station. And people come in, and that's a video. Yeah, you literally video well. seeing okay. the whole interview and everything. Cool, cool. And there's outtakes because we do a lot of B-roll, <laughs> so we add the B-roll into it. So it's basically however long the interview is. So you're seeing the people talking, you're seeing stuff, but we're also cutting away into different scenes of. And then I have like a certain things that I do, uh, like like habitually, like that everyone does. Like there's a vinyl room that was named after my uncle, Uncle OJ. He's one of the founders actually of WCDB, and um, yeah, my uncle went there. And uh, so when he passed away, they named a vinyl room that has like 20,000 pieces of vinyl in it. It's called the vinyl room. So part of what I do whenever I bring a guest there is we walk through that vinyl room and we film that. So that's become part of the B-roll. That every uh, So now every artist wants to come to my show to walk in the vinyl room because you know Me you've included. made it. <laughs> <laughs> I can have you up too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, super dope. So, so. I created the podcast, but with the podcast, I was like, yeah, now it's time to take this to the next level. So I handpick every individual. You, you don't have to just be an artist. You can be just an entertainer or you can be, um, you know, you could be somebody who's managing. You could be an author, somebody who wrote a book. Like, it, you know, it, it's not just about just the music. It's of anyone that's ascending to the next level. It's about community. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then from that, I created the rollout, which is a whole rollout of me now having a launch party to commemorate the beginning of the podcast. So that's a huge party where I invite everybody, the cast members down. And if you're a performer, you perform. If you're a DJ, you DJ. So so now I get all my 
creative people that you're going to see during the season actually in the building and they're performing at what it is that they do, which builds up the hype even for the season. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. So that's so I created all that from nothing. You know what I mean? And now this is like, and now that commercial radio is kind of like becoming like a dinosaur in a way. And also they're not servicing really the needs of the people and the culture really anymore. Now who is? Ev, the guy who stood the test of time. Last year, I celebrated my 10-year anniversary. I, I, we performed at the Parish Public House. I did, I did my season. That was the first year that I did my launch party, season two. That was the first year that I had a trailer because I also have a trailer. I do a trailer for every season as well. So yeah, you can, but you can find that on YouTube, uh, Past Life Radio on YouTube. That's P-A-S-T space L-I-F-E space radio on, on YouTube. Just search Past Life Radio and you'll see the next level seasons one, two, and now three is rolling out now. Rolling out now, yeah. you mean like literally current, today. currently today? <laughs> like literally by the time right by the time this airs, it'll already be it'll, out it'll, because yeah, as we're recording, we're what hours away, three hours away from the launch, something yes. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be you. It'll it'll be well into the season. It won't be all the way complete. Right. It'll still be rolling out, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be about halfway in by the time this probably comes out. But so that's um, good because then yeah. you know they still have a couple oh, seasons before that to explore as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Dig that. So. So yeah, that's be- I've become like you know, and then now I've realized like my true calling, because I'm a communications guy. Like you know, I, I, I went, I, st- I was out of school for years. I told you you know how basically I went to school at a young age, and then I left school for years, and then I went back, and then I completed three diplomas in five years. Yeah, the new school for media, nice. radio and television arts, um, Hudson Valley Communications. Jim Still is my professor. No shit. Yeah, Jam and Jim right. Still. I don't know, I don't know him personally. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, nah, I'm, that's uh, my guy. That's one of my mentors. Yeah, nice. He's a good guy. Because I, I mean, um, I'm also, you know, we talked also. Yeah. I'm a radio guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jim Still, Jim Still was on radio for years. He oh, was, yeah. the, he was like, his voice was the was the radio voice for the five one eight. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, so yeah, he wound up being a professor there, and he wound up being. So I graduated from honors from there. Um, I graduated with, with honors from Hudson Valley Community College with two two diplomas from there, and um, and then I graduated uh, in broadcast communications, and then I graduated from St. Rose with a degree in film and new media. And then plus my one year of Buffalo uh, Mass Communications in Buffalo. So do you, when you uh, are talking about like the video podcast yeah. and like doing the trailers and all that, do you do the actual video editing? No, so a, here's the thing. That? I can. But the problem with that is that I wear so many hats. Yeah, yeah. Like literally my, my editor right now is the reason why it's coming out today. Because if it wasn't me, it wouldn't be coming out today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, that's his job. His job is to basically, he films. I have a whole production team. Um, shout out to Emily Rose. She's super dope. She's a singer as well. You'll be hearing more stuff coming from her. But she's a great photographer. Great. I mean, she's just great all the way around. Um, and so she's with me. Um, Elias, shout out to Elias. They call him Text the Transmuter. I've got, I've published, I've had, I've gotten his works published. He, uh, his photographs published. He's, um. He did all my photography. I wanted, I was on. They did a big story on me, Albany Times Union. It says, Mr. Everyday is everything but the kitchen sink, more or less. But it stops short of that. But it says, Mr. Everyday is everything but. And so, so talking about like my career and things like that. But that's currently on timesunion.com. But if you Google Mr. Everyday, it'll come up, that article. So he did the, he did the pictures for that. He also did the pictures for one of my other artists. Um, and so he's, I've gotten him published. But he started off as my intern, basically. Nice. And, uh, and so is Emily. And um and because one thing about me, my internship programs are like are gangster. You're gonna learn everything and more. You're gonna see everything. You're gonna travel everywhere. You're not gonna say I didn't learn anything. I didn't do anything. Anything. I'm putting real world professional projects on your plate. Like you know what I mean. 
So, because I, I live this, you know what I mean? So, so even for St. Rose, I have an internship program with St. Rose. I have an internship program with Hudson Valley. And I had an internship program with new, the new school until they moved to New York right. City. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I'm getting ready to uh, re-expand that when we open up our new office and cool. studio, recording studio. So, um, so, yeah, man, I, um, you know, I really have to wear a lot of hats so I can't edit. There's just certain things. And, and like, I was getting ready to do it, and my engineer was like, F, stop. Please stop. Like, and and video editing is like because that's what I I mean my day job involves a lot. Well, I'm the social me- I'm a social media manager for for my day job. Um, so looking like for a for, social <laughs> media manager. So video editing is certainly one of the things yes. that I do, and it uh it takes a lot of goddamn time. Yeah, who you talking? You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the it takes choir. Takes a lot of time. You're preaching to the choir, and seriously, like I that's no uh, because just, just even the social media stuff, like I, I manage like 13 pages. Yeah, see, I only managed like five. Yeah, I got thirteen pages, and I'm not, and and I'm talking about I I got two Twitters, eight or nine, maybe ten Facebooks and different businesses because I have multiple other entities. Yeah. yeah. And then two Insta, three, two or three Instagrams. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch, and I've actually been thinking about you know because that's another thing that like you know being part of a community and having like a lot of these local bands is a lot of them don't have time or necessarily resources. Well, I mean time is a resources, but to do their own social media because they're at their day job and then they're crafting songs and then they're playing gigs and like I've even thought about being like you know put myself out for be like I'll manage your social media page you know and I'll be cheaper than it would be to right. To go out and get one of these big fucking companies, and, th- and that's like, how you do it, and that's really yeah. how you got to do it. Like you got to find somebody that one understands your brand. That's yeah. first off, yeah, yeah. And then and two, accessible, right? And, and is accessible. Like that's a huge thing. Like one thing that I want to come up, want like because this is a teachable moment for anyone that's listening. Um, what you sometimes like, there's people that are gonna be with you for the long run, and there's people that's sometimes just there for you for a season. <laughs> you know and I think when people have to understand like they get bent out of shape because people that were only supposed to be with them for a couple seasons want to go off and do other things well you can't this person's at a different space in their life like I'm perfect for a kid coming out of college or right out of college like you just got out or you're in school and you're doing an internship program but if you're already a grown man with five kids and you're thinking I'm going to pay your salary and take care of your whole life and give you medical <laughs> and dental it's not going to happen because right. nobody ever did that for me right, right, right. I had to scratch you're claw, shaping scrape. people to kick them out of the nest yeah, to be like go yeah. fly like, now, I don't expect know? you to be here forever but if you do then let's figure it out Right. and I'm more and I'm more upfront about that than ever before because I think it builds a, a better relationship with less expectations I, I built up expectations of people and then when I step back no one else could even even cover a quarter of what I even did for them. So in other words, they expected the world and nobody even gave them the block. Right. You know what I mean? And, so, and then they realized, like, damn, at least with Ev, he made sure I had a house. He made sure I had food in the house. These dudes won't even give me a corner street. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, a, and a soda. Like, yeah. so, so that's the difference. Like, yeah. So I realized, like, promise less and over deliver. So, and uh, intentions, pure yeah, intentions. And your intentions. Pure what are your intentions? intentions? And are like I can't even tell above you. almost everything. Even my team you know? now, my team knows. Like sometimes we make money, sometimes we don't. Right. If I make money, you gonna make money. Right. But the, but you... some stuff we have to do to create a resume to make the money, and that's another thing people understand. That's why do you think movie stars? You'll see like a $20 million movie guy in a B-level movie. And you're like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? You'll be on Prime Video watching Denzel Washington do a $10 movie. Uh, Pedro Pascal doing a 
commercial for a mobile game right. the other day. He's like the biggest actor in the world right, right. now, and he's on a, a commercial for this little right. He didn't have to do game. that. He didn't so, have to so, do that. So sometimes it's just about keeping your face out there yeah. and having things because you're only as good it's as new what you've audiences, done. Right. Too. New audiences, things like that. So you want to stay with your ear to the street because more people might be watching this right now than they are going to watch that blockbuster Annie movie that right. you guys are doing with him in it. Like, or you know there's I mean? a certain right. group that will never watch a blockbuster movie yes. but will waste their time on a On a, a B-level movie. On some bootleg yeah. shit, getting high, watching yeah, yeah, the movie. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? So, so I I learned, so I understand the value of content right. and continuous content. And I think like when you're trying to sell somebody who wants to get paid on working for free, they've got to understand like you've got to build your resume so that you can prove what your worth is. Let's see, I had problems before getting people to accept my fees for things. I don't have those problems anymore. Right. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Because I did it by myself. And that, and not to say by myself that I didn't have help. But it was my vision, my hard work, my backbone that everybody rode. Even, you know, and I created a lot of lanes and opportunities for everybody. To this day, people have, my, like, I'm the, I'm the first name on their resume. Like, they're on the, hey, call Ev. The, hey, Ev. Oh, I got, yeah, I know. You use me for your resume. Use me for your resume. <laughs> use me for your resume. You know, and I had another person come and admit to me that they were wrong, too. Like, you know. When I got out here and seen how shit, how cutthroat and how rufus shit was, nobody wouldn't even hire me for shit. And at the end of the day, the only reason why I got a job was because of what I did for you for free. That I was able to prove to them that I actually could do it. Right. Because you need a proper muse. That's did, true. Did you ever see that girl who did Uncut Gems? And they, uh, and, they, and they asked her, and they were asking her about dating. Oh, yeah. Well, they well, were, I forgot her, her name, but you know, they, she was- Fox, wasn't yeah, it? She was dating Kanye West. And they were like, oh, you know, Kanye just played you and used you for... And he said, yeah, just like I was John Shafty's muse in Uncut Gems. Like, yeah, like it was a, it, he, he, it was a mutual using. Right. Like he, he, he was coming off of his wife's situation. He needed a girl like to flaunt and, and, to put it, <laughs> and to put his new ideas on. So I became his muse for him. We had fucking great times. We're still super cool. And I went off into the sunset, got two more million views and followers and raised my asking price. Right. So you got to understand how to utilize a guy like me. You shouldn't be down after you work with me. You should be up. Right. So yeah, there's Thank that. You. Um. So that was that was fucking deep, man. Thank so <laughs> why don't we listen to another tune? All right. So here's the thing. So because I know that you have a very diverse platform, and with this project, my album, um, plug me in volume one. This is my, under Mister Everyday in the Past Life still, because I also have Mister Everyday as a solo artist, which I'm now venturing out to do now. Have solo projects coming, but this is considered like a group collaborative project. So. There's a record called I Matter, E-Y-E space M-A-T-T-E-R. Controversial at the time that it came out. It, honestly, it should have been a multi-platinum smash hit record. The song is deep, powerful, crossover. Everyone who ever heard it loved it. I had people who don't even listen to rap tell me your rap is the only rap I listen to. And, and it started kind of with this record, powerful ass record. But the timing that it came out, which... If you do music, you got to understand timing and the political climate. It wasn't. It was the right record at the right time, but it was also the wrong record at the right time. So because of that, the record got buried and shadow banned, and it had to had to just quietly become an underground release instead of the commercial release that I, that my whole when, project when was supposed was to be. This? Um, so I dropped this project the end of 2017, technically okay. the beginning of 2018. 
So really, it really was 2018. But it, but it, but it's dated. Like if you look at the date, it'll say December 21st, 2000. Like 11 days left of the year type shit. <laughs> ten day, ten days left of the year. Like you know, we dropped it, and we only did that at that time because two things. I was getting ready to go on a Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and we and we were getting ready to go on tour with uh, uh Flowrider, and um and Dolly, Mr. Miami. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about. Um, Pitbull. Yeah. So we were. Because I have you know people that are connected to that their their inner circle, and they saw our stuff on YouTube, and they wanted to take us on the road with them, and do a whole the whole Miami circuit, and then Hurricane Katrina I believe came and kicked the shit out of Miami, and they were canoeing in the fucking downtown Miami, and our tour was done, just like that. So you know so a number of things got derailed, including my appearance on the Tonight Show, and um and so this kind of was like the solace, you know like hey you know what. We got to like, you know, put this out because for one thing, we can't be doing gigs and don't have music out. So I, I rushed to get this project out and it wound up becoming like a classic cult following type of record. Plug me in volume one. It's a retro television set sitting in the street with a CDTA bus faintly in the background. And it says plug me in volume one with the old school antenna where it's like a coat hanger. Yeah. The coat hanger. So that was the first project. It's no because one thing I'm not as a vain person. I didn't have to have my face on it. Right. I'm all about themes. So the whole album is a theme from beginning to end. If you listen to it, you really want to listen to it from the first song, which is Silent Medley, to the last song, which is Black Friday. There's a song called Thanksgiving and then Black Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a powerful project. It's got a lot on it. It's very diverse. Hip-hop, R&B, neo-soul, alt-rock, and jazz fused in the rap. And so this particular record called I Matter, spelled E-Y-E, space M-A-T-T-E-R. Keep in mind, there's a radio version of it and a, and a street version. There's two different TVs on there. There's the, the clean version TV and the, the, the in the <laughs> shit, shithole looking busted TV with the co-hanger. That's the one you want to listen to. Don't deal with that clean right, stuff. Right, right. Even though it's the same material, but just like I said, you know, it's just straightforward. But yeah, I Matter. The brown TV, that's what you want to search. So you're searching for Mr. Everyday. That's Mr. MR space every E-V-E-R-Y space D-A-Y and the past life. All separated like that. So And, and we uh, will link it in the yeah. show now. Oh, for sure. So. That's dope. So, yeah. So I Matter, man. This is, you know, shout out to my team. All right. Let's listen to I Matter. And we'll be right back to wrap it up with Mr. Everyday.
something they need to explain But they not seeing clearly I don't want you to fear me I just want you to hear me I paint a perfect picture with these words that I deliver See I am a diamond in the rough that broke off from a crystal I compare my lines and my points and no angles I see To find out how I am designed That's geometry I'm not easily defined But my opinion ain't in mind Cause we are seeking a lack of knowledge But we are too ignorant and blind to see these Cause me God is not an illusion I'm not politically correct, so they don't listen to us. See, I give him an incentive, but don't trust one talk of a foot. You see, I don't give him an inch. That means I don't play by the book. Just like Katie with the dribble, man. So guard your ankles. I feel like I'm blowing to a distant land. I'm flying high with the angels. I stand.
All right, so that was I Matter, Mr. Everyday and the Past Life. So, Mr. Everyday, I want to thank you so much for taking time oh, out of your day to uh, come out here to the country and hang out in the Dazzle Den and uh, shoot the shit with me for a little bit. It's been a right, right from the literally your first like sentence. It's been yeah, intriguing man. and nice, like yeah, you man. know. Um, so before we go, like I do with all my guests, I just want to give you a chance to uh, say what I call your gratitudes. You know, your thank yous, your highs, hellos, whatever. Um, so I mean, actually, like right now, I just want to thank like the real my real core following, like the people that always support me no matter what. Like you know, one of the funniest things like that I found real quick is how hard it is for some people to do the right thing or to do the smart thing to, because of their pride, their ego, their their jealousy, or their envy. And, it, and, it, and it's not just you. It's what you're doing, what you're accomplishing that they may not be. It surprises me. Like, as much support as I get, there's way more support that I should get. There's way more eyes and looks that I should get that are not giving it. And it's like, hey, at the end of the day, it'll just be their loss. And the, and the problem with that is that I'm ascending. Like it's this is inevitable where it's, where I'm going with this. I'm going to the high with this right now. High places. It's all it's been happening all along, and it's been patiently, methodically happening because that's my logo, the tortoise. So I want to shout the tortoise out because the tortoise is an amphibious creature that is the green tortoise is, is my logo for past life entertainment. And part of the reason why I chose it is because as an amphibious animal, they can it can go land and sea, so it doesn't have any limitations. And for one, you know the story of the tortoise and the hare. The hare got out to the start, took a nap, and when he woke up, the tortoise was crossing the finish line because he never stopped. So I'm consistent. I'm steady and consistent and methodical, and I'm going to make it. While everybody else is running out, looking like they're about to make it, and then they burn out, and the next thing you know, they're, they're nowhere to be found. So I want to shout the tortoise out, first of all. And then I want to shout out um, Defiant Aura. I want to shout out um, my boy Chris Nemesis. And uh, my man, that's my manager, um, and part of my team for uh, Past Life Entertainment. And, uh, you know, he's been really helping me get a lot of places, you know, because, it's like, I had to restructure my team because now I'm really literally, like, an institution in a way that I never thought I was. Even though I knew I was building one, to see it materialize, because, see, some people talk to talk, but they don't walk the walk. I'm one of those people that actually walks the walk. So if I say something is it, is that's what it is. And I've become an institution. I've become a firm. Lawyers publicists, managers, like I've, I've mentored all these people that had that passion and had that desire. I had to pick through the people that was wannabes and to find the real ones. So, you know, so my whole team really like Emily Rose, I want to shout her out um, as well. And, um, you know, there's some other people that I could name, but I'm not going to name them because I've been naming them all along <laughs> and they, and they need to step up their game. So, I, but I'm, but I, but those are like my all-stars right now, you know, Blazo the Kilt, um, Jack Hunter, shout out to Jack Hunter, my, my engineer, my mix master engineer, shout out to Rhythmic Science. Um, Blazo the Kilt's my guy. He's the guy that I demo all my music with first. Like I'll go like, I'll start off because I have my own, uh, my own home studio. And so what I'll do is I'll demo my stuff there and it's usually good enough quality where I could just send the files to my, to my other mix master engineers and they'll just mix down. But Blazo is the one that, you know, I'm in the trenches with him. And Blazo, the kilt, he's actually a bald headed white guy with a, a ZZ top beard and he wears a kilt. He literally wears a kilt. So, and his last name is Blazedale, aka Blazo, because his origins trace back to Blazo, Blazo and Blazo. So we call him Blazo the Kilt. So, um, but yeah, that's my guy. So I definitely got to get a big shout out to him, um, Karen Lockhart. Um, Karen, she does a lot of publicity stuff for me. You know what I mean? All the Rue Pittman, 
um, you know, she, one of my my senior executives, you know, um, Coop, uh, Mark Mark Goldstein. Um, yeah, I got I got a real powerful crew of people. I'm a, I'm not even I'm just naming like my immediate core right now. But um, these are all people that make sure that Mr. Everyday Machine keeps going and they keep inspiring me and they give me that push. I'm usually pushing everybody. But if I ever need a push, these people are right there. and be like, we've been waiting for you to want to need us and need us and here we go. <laughs> so yeah, so I can't even like, I, like, I can't even hold you. Like this is going to be a big year for me. Uh, my new singles come in blast, you know, and that's under Mr. Everyday. No end the past life. That's under Mr. Everyday. And that Spotify page literally just kind of just started. You know what I mean? It was kind of a defunct uh, Sony page because when you when you're part of a group they also kind of make a defunct page for whatever name is associated so there was kind of like a de facto Mr. Everyday page that was just lingering out there so what I did was I claimed it because it had just had one project on it right. and then now I'm building that you know what I mean so yeah Mr. Everyday you know I just started kind of building my Spotify page f as a solo artist and but I'm on every platform man I'm on everything. You can find my music. You can find my single blast everywhere. It's about to take off. The music video is gonna be fire. I'm leaving here to go shoot the rest of that. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I nice. got I got a dope dope scenes coming with that, and um, we got the uh, the bedroom scene. Ooh. So yeah. <laughs> so um, but yeah, it's been dope, man. I, I I've been shooting all all over the five one eight. I was sh I shot at Harlem Week in New York City. Um, Mary J. Blige was down there. Cameron was down there. A bunch of celebrities were down there. Uh, my boys own a uh, like a celebrity barbershop down there in Harlem. So that's where I'm from. So I went down there, I went home, and they showed me a wild amount of love, and I shot all through the city. I shot at a skate park in, in the Lower East Side. I, I mean, I was everywhere, man. I was everywhere. I was in the Bronx at the birthplace of hip-hop. Nice. That's where the video starts. And I'm actually acting in the, in, in the video as well. Um, you're going to see the Mr. Everyday at 92 years old. <laughs> yeah. The video right. actually starts with me as a 92-year-old man talking. So, yeah, it's, it's lit. It's so lit right now. I'm so excited about it. Um, so we're shooting the last of it, and then um, shout out to my boy Flowboy Deuce. Um, he found me a really dope cameraman in New York City, and uh, you know he's he's gonna be helping me, you know, kind of just finish the editing pieces and stuff because he, he he was so engaged to it. He's like, bro, I gotta edit it. You gotta let me edit it. This is this is a movie. This is a movie. So I said, alright, bro, you can you know this is my baby, you, but you could be the nanny. So, but yeah, I got <laughs> you know. So yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming, man. I got I'm just I have so much content, man. I barely even could get it out fast enough. Because it's just because I'm just creating more and more, like even right now, right. just creating more and more all the time. So yeah, man, just shout out my whole team, and um, you know, you can find me, Mister Everyday, on everything. Uh, that's M R space E V E R Y space D A Y. I'm on every platform: YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok. You know, I'm I'm out here. Right. I'm out here, and I'm out here for the region. So tap in with your boy. All right. Ninety point nine FM. You heard? Well, that is Mister Everyday. I am Andy Scullin. This is Unsigned 518, and I'll see you on the road. Here. Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 508. Thanks for listening.